0: Morning, Destiny Church. How y'all doing this morning? All right, let's, let's stand to our feet. We're going to a, a time of corporate prayer before we go into worship this morning. So stand to your feet. We want to honor our God, give him all the praise, all the glory. Feel comfortable. You can lift your hands up. Whatever you want to do, let's worship our God this morning. Father, Father God, we come boldly to your throne in Jesus' name, Holy. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We praise you this morning. You're worthy to be praised, Father. Have your way in this place, Holy Spirit. Right now, we surrender this morning. Have your way. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We need you this morning, Holy. Hallelujah! Have your way in this place, Holy. Let's worship. Let's worship our, worship our God. Hallelujah! Jehovah. Hallelujah, hallelujah! We praise you this morning, Yahweh. Have your way in this place, Holy. Fill us up this morning, Father. Right now, Lord, those that came in empty, Father, we want to fill our cups up this morning, Father. As we get ready to go into worship this morning, we want to take time to usher you into this place. Have your way in this, in this atmosphere, right? now, Lord. Let us let us smell good to you this morning, Father. Hallelujah. We praise you this morning. Your word is to be praised. We worship you this morning. We honor you this morning. We're thankful this morning. We get to get up this morning and worship you this morning. We're grateful this morning. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in this place. Have your way, Holy, Holy God. Have your way. And we're just thankful that we can come together as believers. Everything that we're going to do this morning from the word all the way down to the, the, the praise and worship, Father. We worship you. We just want to honor you, Lord. You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, Lord. We can't praise you enough, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Our King of kings, our Lord of lords, have your way. We just pray your will be done. Your kingdom come in this place. Hallelujah. Fall on us, Holy Spirit. Fill us up this morning. And we're just thankful that we get to get up and worship you, Lord. And it's a pleasure and honor, Lord. We do it, Father. We surrender this morning. Have your way, Holy. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go on time for worship.
1: You broke through. When sin had shadowed my side of you, you pulled us out of darkness. When all was lost, you saved us. i Thank you. In your goodness on Me. Oh you've been good to me no darkness too dark. There is no sin too great that the love of the Father cannot reach. There is no circumstance too bad. reach and change. Depression cannot stand in the face of Jesus. Sin cannot stand in the face of Jesus. Sickness cannot stand in the face of Jesus.
2: Just thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Hey, I wanted to share this thing with you guys that is not original. I saw it online and it was just so good. I sent it to Brother Bo, and I just thought it was just so good. I wanted to share it with you. And it's about this Japanese art called kintsugi. And what it is, it's it's broken pottery. But they place so much value in it that when it's broken, they fix it with pure gold. (laughs) And so you get this broken vessel, this broken pottery. And what you get afterwards is a vessel that's been broken, (laughs) but that's been fixed with gold. And what happens is the value goes even higher. And that's you. That's me. While we were yet sinners, Jesus loved us. While we still didn't deserve it, Jesus loved us. And He picked up your pieces, and He put you together with gold. And he loved you. And now you're worth more than you were then. And there's no situation and your pieces aren't too small and your pieces aren't too far gone for the father to put you back together again. His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you. And the blood of Jesus proved it on the cross. That's right. Father, we just thank you. Jesus, we just thank you for what you did on that cross. Oh, hallelujah, we worship you, Jesus. You're worthy. You're worthy, Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah. You who defeated the grave. You who shed your blood, Jesus. Oh, you who are putting us back together again. You who are giving us pure gold, filling us with your righteousness, your holiness, your goodness, Jesus. We worship you today, Jesus. Mm, Where where would we be without you, Jesus? Jesus. Jeez.
3: Let's stay right there. I just feel the Holy Ghost is trying to tell us there's, it all goes back to our perception of who he is. And this is why people can't cry out the way they're supposed to cry out. Because instead of having a single eye for who he is, having a single eye to understand that he is Abba Father, that he loves you like that all the time. Problem is, is we have this duplicity thought that when we mess up, he turns into good cop, bad cop. He's not that father, and you can't cry out to him because you think that you had a bad day. Since you were in a valley, that you can no longer cry out to him because now he's punishing you. We don't serve a God that punishes you. We serve a father who loves you. And I want to sit right there because I think there's more people that will understand and cry out to Abba when you realize he is the same father. He is the same father in a good time he's the same father in a bad time the same one you see on a mountain is the same one you see in the valley he didn't change quit trying to make him change he says i will never change but we we make him change we make him we make him into somebody that wants to discipline us and yell at us and scream at us like a father like a worldly father he's not that one He says, I love you. I will reach down right where you're at no matter what you're going through and I will wrap my arms around you and I will show you the love of a father. And he wants us to cry that out this morning. He wants you to realize this morning, I don't know who that's for, but there's somebody, you're stuck right here and you're trying to figure out why is everybody crying out to him? Why is everybody saying I love you when when I'm not in a good spot? And I don't think he loves me right now because I'm not in a good spot. And you're sitting there wondering, why can't I do that? You can. And as soon as you cry out to him, he responds with open arms. So I want to sit there this morning. I want you to go back through this. I want you to sit there, Rachel. I want to go right back into this, and I want you to cry out to Abba. I want you to cry out. Oh, come on. I want you to cry out to Yahweh. Oh, come on. We serve an amazing Father. He loves us, and he loves you no matter what you're going through and what you're doing. Receive his love this morning. Come on, let's go back into that. need to receive that this morning you need to let that minister to your heart this morning the love of a father just let that minister to you let that fill you up let that fix every broken piece every broken bit in your body his love is what's going to do it so when you receive that this morning man that's going to do wonders in your life in your body to people even around you to your family it's going to touch everybody we say get saturated with it get so drenched with his love that everybody you come in contact with or even comes close to you (laughs) they get to feel it they get to taste it they get to smell it (laughs) it's going to be all over you that's what's going to bring healing to this land that's what's going to bring healing to your family and healing to your schools and healing to your job and healing to churches Mm, but it starts with us starts with us so come holy come on touch us this morning continue to to work in this place come on we love you lord father and we thank you we surrender everything to you this morning oh we worship you lord come on in jesus name come on everybody said amen amen come on now oh, come on, let's give it up for a king. Let's give it up for a father. Come on, we love you, Lord. Mm. Oh, come on. All right, I'm going to give you all a second to say hi because Bo's ready to get up here and I ain't going to try to hold him up much. Come on. All right, I know as y'all make your way back to your seats, that's good stuff. I know you're getting your coffee, whatever you're getting, but come on back in. Um, Ready to get moving with service. We love you guys. Welcome everybody online. We thank you for tuning in this morning. Come on, share this link. Get it out to everybody out there we want everybody to know what what god's trying to do in this house what he's doing with us uh what he wants to do with you at home so just allow him to minister to you at the house come on um we love you guys share the link get it out there look if you're new to the church you want to visit uh say you're visiting or first time here fill out a connect card for us please take the time to fill that out so we can reach out to you we can thank you for showing up we can call you, we can talk to you, we can pray for you, Um, we can't do that if you don't fill it out, so let us know you were here, should have got one when you came in, if not, our ushers will get you one, or fill one out, they'll be at that big desk out in the foyer. Um, We have a lot of stuff that happens all week here at Destiny Church, if you're new here, I'm DJ, along with my wife Jules, we get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church, Um, so if you don't know us, that's who we are, Uh, we love our church, and uh, um, you guys are special, uh, special to us and our family, but um, we do have a lot of things going on. Uh, download the app, go online, you can get all that stuff, Uh, find out what's going on from prayer night on Monday nights at 6 all the way through to Tuesday night at the table which is our midweek service, hit them Uh, Destiny Kids, drop them off on Wednesday nights Uh, get your kids here, get your students here Um, look, they can't do life alone, they need people in their lives, uh, and they can do that together, so get them out here Um, young adults on Friday evening at 6pm right here, so 18 to 28 come on, you can't do life alone, we need you here, Uh, you need to be here uh you need to start figuring out what god wants to do in your life and and, and we have people that's going to help you with that uh, our small groups have uh they're kind of ending but i want to thank all the small group leaders we cannot do this without you so it's so important we do life in our homes it's so important we spend time together so everybody that's run a small group i thank you from the bottom of my heart um i appreciate that and and through the summertime you'll see some other stuff kicking up with men's ministries women's ministries and then we'll kick back off our fall season of small groups um Real important, our Bread of Life ministry, we talked about it last week. I've had numerous calls about that, people that are interested in helping out, so I'm excited over that. Yeah, it's not going away, it's actually going to get better. So if you're interested in in what the Bread of Life ministry was, but what we want it to be, and you want a fresh vision, we're doing a brainstorming session at 6 p.m. in my office on Tuesday. So show up Tuesday, 6 p.m. in my office, if you have any interest in that. Any interest in, in our bread of life, which is where we feed the homeless and the needy, uh, we want to make sure that doesn't go, uh, that's a ministry that doesn't go away. And I love the fact that we have people that's already reached out and said we want to be part of that. So uh, so if you have if you want to be part of that, if you want to talk about that, 6 o'clock Tuesday, be here. Uh, we're going to brainstorm and come up with some ideas. I have a vision, and hopefully when we put our minds together, it's going to come true. So I see that. Um, I also want to bring up a couple quick things 18 June, we're having Eddie James in the house. So if you like Eddie James, come on. Be here on a Friday night on 18 June. We're, we're going to pack this place, and the Holy Spirit's going to be moving. So come on out uh, to join us with Eddie James and his family. Um, and next Sunday, or I'm sorry, Sunday the 6th of June is baptism. So that's important. If you want to experience baptism with us, come on, sign up online. Go register. Uh, but we're, we're going to be out here. And if you're one of those that the Holy Spirit speaks to you, that's fine. We'll have all the clothes here. And we're going to do baptisms on the 6th of June. So sign up. Uh, real important next week is graduation uh, Sunday for all our senior, high school seniors that graduated this year. So we're going to celebrate them next week. If you have somebody that's a senior and you want to get them recognized and they're graduating, reach out to the church. Let, let Kevin and Crystal know. Let the church know. Uh, we're, we're trying to get pictures. We want to honor them uh, next week on stage. So don't miss that opportunity. Please let us know uh, if you have a senior that, that, that we need to recognize. Get them in here. We want to take care of them. Um, And I also want to thank everybody that helped out with the the gathering out at Living Waters with with Brother Bo and our family out there. Uh, We thank you guys for that. We thank you for being part of that. Um, Just making that happen has been uh, phenomenal. So we couldn't do it without you, and we thank you for that Um, big time. It's so big. Um, He was moving. So if you weren't out there, uh, it was phenomenal. We had a wonderful time yesterday, so thank you. Let's give a round of applause to everybody that cooked, everybody that cleaned up, everybody that did everything out there. We thank everybody. Man, it was, um, I can't begin to start I mean, you just missed out on a whole bunch of stuff from crawfish to pulled pork to to a good word and phenomenal worship and fellowship. Um, So next time we do that, hopefully here uh, once a quarter would be nice to gather like that. So we'll see what's going on. All right. So I need to get some of that information out there because it was priority stuff that I don't want to miss the opportunity to move in where God wants to move in those areas. Uh, But I'm not going to take up any more time. I want to pray and I want to turn this over to the person who's going to be speaking today, uh, Brother Bo. So let's just let's surrender one more time to him and let him go. Father, we love you, God. We thank you, Lord. You're so good. We love you and we thank you for everything you're doing, God. We thank you for. Uh, this house we thank you for the ability for us to come together as a church in a building god we thank you for that we thank you that you've been part of this we thank you for this family of believers that want to come worship you that want to put you first god so we ask you to continue to speak to us be with us and father we just we just know you've got a word for us today so i ask you to speak to brother bo give him the right words at the right time for us today father but we we just honor you this morning we worship you and we just give you all the love, all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And I know Brother Bo's getting ready to come up, so let's give him a Destiny Church welcome. Howdy, baby. <laughs> come on, brother.
4: Jesus. That thing's humming. Good morning, y'all. Jesus. Jesus. Yes.
1: 17. Hey. <laughs> Se- 17. There. Hey. Um, I know Pastor DJ said thank you, but I also, Bo, and I want to say thank all of you for your help. You guys, I know me personally, all you ladies were such and such a blessing, and I think I put on the women's uh, Facebook page, but I just want to make sure I let all of you ladies know that. You're a blessing, and y'all made a great team yesterday. Y'all helped with cooking and cleaning and setting up, and I just want to let you know I'm really blessed by you, and I want to say thank you, and I appreciate all you ladies.
4: And I also thank y'all. I'm very grateful for all the help, all the men that came out and worked, and all the ladies that were helping, and uh, Brother Peter and his churches here, and for all that they did to, to facilitate yesterday because it was really awesome to me it was i had a good time i don't know about everybody else but i enjoyed it uh john 11 y'all yeah, go to john 11 i'm a guest speaker i don't know how i feel about that brother dj and what does that mean she's like oh my gosh no i'm just messing with brother dj whoever put that on there it's okay I don't care what anybody calls me. <laughs> Told him the other day, some people call me the Antichrist. Some people call me Jesus. Uh, I don't pay attention to any of it. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to. I want to say something about what Brother Kevin said. Um, I would have said one thing a little bit differently, although everything he said was right. But he said that you know when jesus puts us back together and and fixes our broken pieces with gold you're more valuable than you were before i I don't believe that i believe i was as valuable the minute i came into this earth as as i was ever going to be to him i think that the blood of jesus and me surrendering to him actually allows me to see the value that i've always possessed I don't become more valuable. I actually go back to the original intent, which is valuable. So it's not that that was wrong. I just would have worded it differently. And and that is what we've been trying to express to the family here. Brother DJ, for weeks and months, has just been talking about this. And I'm going to continue on with it today because it is what has to be fixed, it is a foundational uh, necessity for us to understand who we are and understand who we are to him. And until those things are established in truth in our hearts, we will never be what he has purposed us to be. We will never do what he has purposed us to do because we will always waver in doubt and unbelief, not in God, but in God with us, God for us. And that's not okay, and we're not going to stop talking about it, and it, we're not going to allow people to move us off of this until it is established in the hearts of the family of this house and in every other house that I'm a part of. It is one of the greatest things God has done in my life in the last probably 10 years. It's a process, and, and, and I have surrendered to it, and I can't tell you the joy and freedom that it has brought to my life in the last four or five years. And it's right. And when I think I'm right in God, I will not be moved because I want y'all to experience what I'm experiencing. I want you to feel how I feel. I, I, I want the joy and the peace of God to just permeate your very being. And that is his absolute intentions and desire. And the only thing that hinders that is us. It's not the devil. It's not the world. It's just us. Hell can't stop what God wants to do if he has an open vessel. The world can't stop it. They can tie you up in animal skins and throw you to wild dogs. And you will worship God as they eat you alive. Because that's what people have done. So I'm going I'm to, in John 11:1, <coughs> Come on, Jesus. It says right here in verse one, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. I'm going to stop right here. I just want to give you a couple of definitions to these names that was just mentioned. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Okay, Lazarus name means God is helper. In the Hebrew, his name means God is helper. Mary means rebellious, born out of bitterness. Martha's name is of a Chaldean origin, and it means mistress. Why you name your daughter mistress, I don't know. Bethany, uh, most people think that it means house of affliction. So in this first verse, you've got some interesting things that are, that are being stated right here when you look at the significance of the names. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus. God is his helper. Of the town of Bethany, the house of afflictions. The town of Mary, the rebellious one. And her sister Martha, the mistress. And That reads a little different when you know what those names mean. And it's going to matter in a minute. It says right here that it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And see that that right there, I, I shared this. I was with Brother Jay's church in Montgomery Sunday, and I shared this with him, and it's something that God... Uh, showed me a while back and I've shared it a couple times down through the years but it's something come back on me in the, I actually I think Elizabeth is here and we talked about it in, in Mexico and I had not thought about it in a long time and so I couldn't remember it and get it straight but since then it's been something that's been swirling around in me and I have brought it back up to because it's a, a necessary thing and this is about the time God started dealing with me on who I was to him and I, I was, when mom and dad lived in Wetumpka, I remember the day that God opened this up to me and began to give me revelation of this that I'd never seen or heard before. And I'm sure somebody has, because there's nothing new under the sun. But it was new to me. And it was in that time when God was really beginning to deal on how I saw myself in his eyes. It was, I was in the beginning steps of that. And this is one of the first things he gave me to, to begin to give me understanding. So when you read verse 2, it's very revealing. It was Mary, that Mary, who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Verse 3, I'm sorry, is revealing. It says, Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And, And right here, you see something that These sisters feel about themselves in the eyes of Jesus. Verse 2, Mary is recognized as the woman who washed the feet of Jesus with her hair. I mean, come on. For eternity, that's going to be talked about. I'm pretty sure she's special to Jesus. But when she found herself in this situation and her brother was, was sick and was dying... She and her sister Martha did not have the courage to send a message to Jesus saying, we, we need you, I need you. My brother is sick and dying, and I need you to come help me so I'm not all alone without a man in our life to defend and protect us, even if he is a brother. She did not believe that she and Martha, that they were valued enough in the eyes of Jesus to have the, the right to ask for themselves for Jesus to come and help them. She says, the one whom you love is sick. They actually, I believe they actually felt like Jesus loved Lazarus because God is his helper more than he loved them. And so when they approached Jesus for help, they used a thing called guile. I, I, I don't know, we were, we were joking around yesterday, but you know, the word guile, when you find it in the Bible, uh, in, when you find Jesus, there, there was Nathan, so I think it was Nathan, right, sitting under the tree? Yeah, we'll just say it was Nathan. Nathaniel, thank you, somebody would help me. Uh, I don't remember, I didn't think about that. But he was sitting under the tree, pondering life, and he goes to see Jesus, and Jesus. Begins to speak to him, and he says, here comes the Israelite in whom there is no guile. He had never seen him before. And, and the guy didn't even check up. He says, how do you know me? I man? You know, and, and that word guile right there means you don't say one thing when you meet another. You know, guile is like when somebody's eating chicken or a brownie, and you go, man, that sure does look good because what you really are saying is, can I have some? See, that's called guile. That is a biblical definition of guile. I sure do like that. (laughs) When you're really saying is, can I have it? And so when they send this message to Jesus, what they're saying is, we need you, but we can't ask for you to help us because we don't matter enough. But our brother's pretty special to you. And we're really scared of being alone. And we just don't think you'll respond to us, so we're going to ask on His behalf. See the 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 problem that is going on right there in inside of these women. That that is that is that is messing up. What's <laughs> the right way to say that? It is actually um, hindering. their coming to Jesus with full confidence. I talked about this with the men yesterday out of Hezekiah. The same thing, just different verses, because it is a constant theme throughout the whole Word of God. And when you don't view yourself properly, and you don't view yourself properly through the eyes of Jesus, it will always hinder how you come to Him. You will never come to Him right. You will never come to Him with confidence that you are valuable, and that He loves you, and that your name actually is Hesaba, and He delights in you. And see, if you don't actually get to the place where you begin to believe that you are his favorite and you are precious to him, regardless of the mess you're standing in right now, how do you have the courage to actually come to him? When Jesus came to me the night I got born again in Birmingham, the thing that conquered me is how can you come to me with love when you know everything about me and I am horrible? It was not a fear of going to hell. It was, how can you love me like that when you know everything about me? And that just, I couldn't resist that any longer. And he was actually revealing to me how he sees me, and that is through the eyes of love. And not just like love, like I love you, buddy. Like love, like I want you, and I am burning for desire for you. That's how he's looking at you right now. In sin, in the way of righteousness, he's looking at you with a burning desire in his heart. And the only thing he wants is to conquer you. And see, until you believe that, you will never walk in full confidence with him. You will never come close enough to him to receive every good thing he has for you. Because you're always going to hold yourself at arm's length. And and, and, and in reality, you won't blame yourself, you'll blame him. Like Pastor DJ was saying, you'll actually put the blame on him because he's just a mean judge. And he knows that I've messed up, so I can't come close. When in reality, you refuse to accept the truth that you are his delight. It says right here in verse 4, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Thank you, sir. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. See, that's Jesus opinion of all of them. He loved them all. He didn't love Lazarus and like Martha, and Mary. He loved them all. To them, they were the same in his eyes. Every one of you sitting in this room today are the same in his eyes. He loves you all. Some of you won't surrender to his love and you detain the hand of the Lord in your life and you rob yourself of the blessings and the desire that he has in his heart to pour out goodness over you because you won't surrender to his love and come to him. It's not that he loves you less. You just won't surrender to every blessing of love that he wants to give to you. But he loves you all the same. And you can sit there where you're sitting right now and tell yourself, yeah, but... But that is is a lie from hell, the yeah, but. The truth is, he loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. He loved the mistress, he loved the rebellious one, and he loved the one whose God was his helper. Do you understand that? He loved them all. We have to stop with the lie that he has favorites in the house of God, in in, in, in the world. He doesn't. All right, so when he heard, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. This is where things begin to get interesting, and this is where God really began to speak to me. (coughs) It said that he stayed for two more days, and then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. And y'all heard that awesome stuff Brother DJ taught us about light. That was amazing. These things he said... And after he said that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. And then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. And then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Y'all are slow. So when he stayed for two more days... He intentionally let that man die. You understand it? He let him die. And, you know, I've preached these verses, uh, I don't know how many times, and I've preached them a lot of different ways. But when God opened this up to me and began to give me revelation that I had not seen before, I began to understand differently. Not that I think what I said before was wrong. I just think this is more right. Or writer, more writer. Like I said yesterday with the guy's. Rachel wasn't there to correct me, so I said it how I wanted to. Do you understand how much you matter to him and how much patience he has? And he's willing to take as long as needed to bring you in to truth and to bring you in to surrender In this moment, he ain't dealing with Lazarus. You understand, in this moment, he's not dealing with Lazarus. He's dealing with Martha and Mary. They didn't think that they mattered enough for Jesus to come. So Jesus didn't go. He let him die. And the reason why he let him die is because he wanted to see a deeper work in them sisters. He wanted them to surrender to the truth that they were hephzibah to him. They were his delight. It was nothing for it. Jesus didn't, never had to show up there. He could have sent the word like he did in another place and had a miracle. But oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's read. Was, I, I'm not going to say I ain't going to be long, but I might not be long. Verse 17, it says this. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went away and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. See, she was a believer. She she wasn't in doubt and unbelief in who Jesus was. She was a bona fide, real believer in the truth of Jesus, the Christ. She had accepted his teachings. They were, they were fundamental in her heart. She knew there was going to be a resurrection in the last day. She knew her brother wasn't going to stay in the ground. She knew all of that. She just didn't believe that she mattered to him like he intends for us to understand. If you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. She didn't help the power of God to heal her brother. I even know now that you still have the ability to ask Father for whatever you want and you're going to get it. She had no lack of faith in Jesus and in the power of Jesus to do whatever he wanted. You understand that? That is not the problem or the issue that Jesus is dealing with here. He's dealing with her inability to see how much he loved her. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Believer. In verse 28, it says, and when she had said these things, she went away secretly and called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into town, but it was in in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with him, with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, "Jesus is going to the tomb to weep there." See, look at the look at the difference of the sisters. When Martha heard, was Jesus that Jesus was close the mistress knew how to slip away without being seen she she knew how to to disappear and cloak herself and go meet somebody Mary did not have that ability Mary didn't care because she was rebellious and when she got up and was going to leave the whole world knew it and she didn't care who didn't like it and everybody went with her when Jesus, in in one of the other Gospels, Jesus is in their house because I think it's 11 or 12 times there's a reference of Jesus coming or leaving Bethany. And so every time that Jesus would go there, I believe he stayed in their house because this is the same Jesus that told his disciples when you go into a new town and you find a family or a, a person of peace and they receive you, you stay there till you leave. You know, that was the commandment he gave his disciples when he sent them out two by two. So I believe he practiced this. I believe that Lazarus, Martha, and Mary were the people who had received him, who were people of honor and respect to him. And every time he went there, that was his base. And there's 11 times, I think it is, where he comes in and out of this town. And so he had spent intimate time with these three. They weren't people that were just in a church service and saw him heal people. He sat at their table, You remember when Jesus was there and Martha got mad because she was doing all the work and and Mary wouldn't get up? She didn't love Jesus less than Mary. She had always been taught to hide how she feels about somebody because she was always the other woman. And she didn't know how to show her intimate feelings. And so she kept herself busy to divert that so nobody could see. Mary didn't care. It's funny when you know what them names mean and you start looking back at these stories. That just amazes me what Jesus does if you read his Bible. Just amazing. Then when Mary came, verse 32, where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would have not have died. Same thing her sister said. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Now, we're going to hear a couple more definitions because (coughs) the words don't properly represent what what was actually said. That word groaned in, in the Greek means to snort with anger. When he saw... Mary crying, weeping, wailing out loud is what that word means. He snorted with anger. When he saw her crying and weeping and wailing, he saw the people weeping and wailing. He snorted with anger. Why? Because death had defeated his friend? Are you kidding me? He already knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Y'all know he already had that part figured out, right? He he knows the end from the beginning. He's not weeping because his friend is dead in the tomb. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know why he is aggravated and angry? Because neither one of these women who he has spent intimate time with, hours in an intimate setting at their dinner table, loving on him, letting her wash his feet and touch him in an intimate way, she still didn't believe how much he loved her. And by him not coming and her brother died, it only confirmed in her heart what she secretly thought. I just don't matter like everybody else. Hey, cut it out back there. You, with the cowboy hat on. He he don't like that. Do you understand? There comes a point where he becomes aggravated because we won't surrender to the truth of how much he loves us. He becomes angry almost because we won't believe Rehesaba. There are people that don't like that. They don't like that Brother DJ saying it. He don't like that I'm saying it. He don't like it that other people say it. I don't care if you don't like it. You're wrong. You're wrong. I am his delight. When I didn't know him and was dead in sin, he loved me and gave himself for me. I am his delight. I can roll out as many verses as you want to. I am his delight. And when I refuse to believe that, after knowing his salvation and his mercy, it gets to a point where he gets aggravated and he snorts with anger. She wasn't weeping because her brother was dead. She's weeping because she doesn't matter to Jesus. And Jesus is almost offended that she will not believe that he loves her. She let him wash her feet. See, this matters. Father wants us to come into a full relationship with him where we are enamored with him and enamored with the way he loves us. I have seen his goodness on the mountain. I've seen his goodness in the valley. I've seen his mercy when I didn't want it. I've seen his goodness overtake me when I wasn't looking for it. How can I not surrender to the truth that I am Hephzibah, his delight? He says, Lord, or there, I'm sorry, I'm backing up, said... "Uh." When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. That word troubled means agitated. See, when you, you know what some of these words mean, it reads a lot differently. And he said, Where have you laid him? And he raised him from the dead. Awesome story. Miracles happen. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that side of it. I, I want us to continue to deal with the fact. That we are Hephzibah. His delight is in us. Because we have to surrender to that. If we're going to change. And we're going to have to surrender to that. If we're going to see our world different. Now I'm going to go to 1 Thessalonians 3. 3.12 and 13. <coughs> I'm going to go to the passion in this. I, I shared this. Uh, in the prayer Monday night. Man, Y'all are missing out. Spirit of God was in here so strong. Monday night. It was ridiculous. I need y'all to make that a priority. I know that small groups are fishing to stop for the summer, Um, you know, this should be a priority for y'all to come in here and seek God together. There are some things that you can only get individually by seeking the Lord, but there are some things you only get by seeking Him corporately. And when you're a part of a family and you come in here and begin to seek the face of God together, there are things that are released in the atmosphere that people can walk in this place and before they even get to the pew, they're getting born again. Which we don't have pews, but yeah. And it matters, y'all. It matters we seek God together. It matters that we make it important to come together and seek the face of Jesus. I was reading in Thessalonians uh, couple days ago and God just really just man he just was rocking me rocking my world with this and I'm going to read it to you and it says in, in 312 and may the Lord y'all read it with me let's just read you got it up there no, let's read it again and may the Lord increase your love until it overflows toward one another and for all people just as our love overflows toward you alright let's stop there this is Paul writing a letter to his church in Thessalonica. And, he, and he's basically telling them, this is what I'm praying for you right now, that the Lord would increase your love until it overflows. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I've said it here often, is that in Romans 5.5, 5, it says that the, the love of God is spread, in your, spread abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. When you're born again and the Spirit of God comes to dwell in you, it comes and brings a deposit of many things and one of the things that it brings and deposits into your your new being is the love of god that is a supernatural love that allows you to manifest supernatural love towards people who does not deserve it or not asking for it and doing nothing to receive it just like he did towards you see the love that he loved you with when you were spitting in his face and running as hard as you could away from him And he still ran you down because he loved and desired you so much. That's the love that comes to dwell in your heart. And that's the love that you can turn and look at the world around you. And express to them. As they cuss you. Spit on your face. Call you stupid. Run you off. You can still manifest the love of God. Because it's been deposited in you. You actually have to. You have to manually override. The love of God that was deposited in you to not love people. You have, to, you have to manually make it. You have to make a decision not to surrender to the love that's in you and not love people. And Paul right here, he understands the war of the flesh and the spirit. He, he, and he understands that that, that that we're always engaged in that. But he also is convinced of what the answer is for the world. It's Jesus, and it's the love of God. Because he says, may the Lord increase your love until it overflows toward one another in here, and for all people out there. The ones your family with in here, in the kingdom of God, and to everybody who's outside of these doors. There needs to be an overflowing of the banks of our heart that the water splashes onto everybody around us. It needs to splash onto our brothers and sisters sitting next to us. There needs to be an overflow of the love of God that floods the streets everywhere we go. Look what it says in 13. It says, Then your hearts will be strengthened in holiness, so that you may be flawless and pure before the face of our God and the Father at the appearing of our Lord Jesus with all his holy ones. Amen. Then your hearts will be strengthened in holiness. Do you know what happens when the love of God overflows you? You become strengthened in holiness in your heart. What if the way to living a righteous life and, and, and walking in the holiness that you desire is not through fasting more. It's not by more discipline in your life. It's actually to surrender to the love of God. And by surrendering to the love of God, it overflows in you and it strengthens your heart for holiness. What if the reason why you can't get free of all these besetting sins and all these things that you keep tripping up over and, and you can't get away from? Not is because you don't have enough discipline in your life and you don't love God enough. It's that you won't come close enough to him to let him overflow your banks again. And you're trying to do everything in your own strength instead of through the power of his love dwelling in you. What if the reason why you can't quit watching pornography, you can't quit gossiping, you can't quit lying, you can't quit saying things you shouldn't. Not just because you don't love God, it's because you won't let God love you. See, Paul says a lot with a few words. He is not like me. But what if that's the truth? What if the constant struggle of sin that you have in your life is because you don't believe you're Hephzibah and you won't come close enough to him to let him pour his love out in you in a new way? What if that's the problem? See, this is right. I won't quit talking about this. This has brought freedom in my life that I had never experienced before. This has set me free from more sin than any other thing I've experienced since I've been born again. By actually surrendering to how much he loves me. And God knows that that's the answer. That's the deliverance. That's the way to freedom. He knows. That's why he snorted with anger. Because he wanted them women to be totally surrendered to him so they could be strengthened in their hearts for holiness. But not just that. So they could begin to affect the world around them the Bible says that we will be known by what? What political candidate we back? foolishness. It's it's a damnable lie. The Bible says we will be known by our love. It doesn't say we'll even be known by healing the sick. John said they will know you by your love. Not your Carnal or your humanistic love, but by the supernatural love of God that overflows you to the people around you and to the people that you don't even have a relationship with and you just bump up against. See, there is a way to change our world. There is a way to bring an effect on the on the on the on the, on, on the culture and on the country, on the schools and towns and jobs that we're in, and it is it is going to be in the way that He decides. And what if the love of God begins to overflow us and we get free from sin and people actually begin to see us different and we actually manifest a love to people everywhere we go that they begin to say, that person ain't human. That person is not normal. What if they begin to say that? Not because you act like a clown, but because you have the ability to love where nobody else around them does. What is that? What if that is the answer? And I absolutely believe it is. I want to be strengthened in my heart for holiness. I want to be flawless and pure before the face of our God. I want to be flawless and pure before the face of our God. Blessed are the pure in heart for what? They shall see God. I don't want to just see God when I get to heaven. I want to see him right now. If I have to stay here, then I want to have an encounter with him right now. I want to be able to gaze into his eyes right now. I want it to be on earth as it is in heaven. And what are they doing in heaven right now? Holy, holy, holy. Why do you think the presence of God floods the house when we actually worship and begin to tell him who he is? Because that's how it is in heaven. And the presence of God is in heaven. And when you begin to do what they're doing there, he comes here. He goes where he will be worshipped. He goes where he is loved. But you know what he'll also do? He will not show up just to deal with this doubt in your heart of who you are to him. And he'll bring you to the point and he'll make you deal with the issues. Some of y'all are not getting answers in your life because you won't surrender to his love. And out of his desire to see you whole and healed and perfect, he's holding the answer back. And he's letting you suffer. You realize he will work like that in your life. Not out of meanness, but out of such desire for you. He does not want you sick and dysfunctional. He doesn't want you walking with a broke heart thinking you're not as good as the person next to you and he will never pay as much attention to you as he does to her or him. He's snorting with anger at some of y'all because you've been coming in here and you've been hearing this and you've been hearing this and you are just bowing your stinking neck up and won't surrender to the love of God. And he's just standing there snorting. Not because he hates you, but he's frustrated that if God is frustrated, that you just won't let him love you. All he wants to do is wrap your, his arms around you. But he can't do that if you're holding him at arm's length. We've got to stop that. It's time to stop. I want us all to surrender to this. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I know I've said this here probably before, but I'll say it again. I remember one night <coughs> I was um, in Mexico, and and I, I honestly don't remember what it was, but I I, I done, did something that I swore I was never going to do again. You know, I just messed up, and, and I was so upset. It's about three or four o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting in my chair, everybody else is asleep, and I'm just whining. I'm crying. I mean, I'm I'm crying physically, crying just. I'm sorry, I just suck, I'm just horrible. I'm quitting, I'm going back, I'm just going to go get a job, I can't, I suck, I shouldn't do this. I I know y'all don't say that, but that's how I was telling God, that's how I felt. I'm very honest sometimes, most of the times. And, and, And he let me go on for a while, and he just interrupted me, and I heard him speak, and he said, but you're beautiful i said but man i'm horrible i said i was never gonna do this again and here i am again but you're so lovely i said but you don't understand i'm like the trash of the i mean i was just and he's just like but i can't take my eyes off of you and this went on this 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 discourse this dialogue went on and i mean i had excuse after excuse on why i could not be That person in his eyes, because of of the stupid things I kept doing, and he just kept telling me, man, I'm burning for you. I desire you. And it got to the point after so many back and forth that I was embarrassed to tell him why he couldn't love me no more. Because that's what I was doing. I was telling him why he couldn't love me the way he was trying to tell me that he could love me. But it's because you can't love me because of this. You can't love me like that because I I am continually in this mistake. And he was trying to make me understand, you don't got a clue. But you know what happened to me when I began to surrender to that? Because I in that time, I was sat down in the Song of Solomons and I was reading it every day, the whole book every day. And that rhetoric just began to come on me. And you read about the Shulamite bride, and and all of a sudden I was just being convinced more and more this is truth. This is this is what he desires with me. This is the relationship he intends. And, and but and I was saturating myself with this truth because God was dealing with me in this in my heart. But I, I could not really grab a hold of it as a reality until I found myself in that situation in Mexico that night. And by him speaking to me and just telling me. In the midst of, I, you know, being wrong, but him still telling me, I love you, and what that did was erase the doubt in my heart that I couldn't draw back close to him until I went enough days without messing up again. It made me understand that there's never a moment I can't go crawl up in his arms. And when you can crawl up in his arms, his spirit possesses you. His love Begins to be deposited in you again and all of a sudden strength comes on your heart for holiness And I quit doing things that for 20 years or 19 years I had tried to quit doing and never got completely free of and all of a sudden I wasn't trying not to do them no more I just never wanted to anymore And I totally walked away from besetting sins Not because I fasted more or prayed more it's because I couldn't get over the fact that he loves me even when I'm being stupid And that allowed me to come closer to him than I'd ever been before. And I've always walked close to him, but not as close as I needed to be. And when we surrender to this, we begin to draw near. We get closer. And then you really find out how much he loves you. Then you get a little bit closer. And I'm telling you, all of a sudden strength starts coming on your heart for holiness and all those lesser lights in the world just begin to fade away and you don't even you're not even attracted to them anymore they just go away because you're blinded by the radiant glow of his love that is being manifested to you and they're they're just lesser lights now and you don't even pay attention no more and that's what he wants to do in us he wants us to be strengthened in holiness father do your work in our hearts do your work in our hearts Do your work in our hearts, Father. Convince us that we are your desire. Convince us that we're we're your favorites. Convince us, Father, that you, you see us as lovely. You see us as perfect. You see us as beautiful. That you see us. That you see us. The same way you see everybody. With love. Burning desire. Let it begin to erase every dart, every dart of hell, every lie of hell that's penetrated our hearts, let it begin to erase it. Let the truth of your love for us overflow us. Let it begin to strengthen us in in holiness in our hearts. Let it begin to give us the ability to affect everybody around us, inside of the family and outside of the family. Let us be so full of the love of God that everywhere we go, we change the atmosphere and the climate. And we bring the power of God to bear on the powers of hell by the supernatural love of a father that knows no end. Let that be what happens in us. I want to surrender to how much you love me. I want to come closer than I've ever been before. But i got to believe you're going to let me before I can even attempt to try. Father, Thank you that we're your favorites. Thank you that I'm your favorite. Thank you that you burn for me. You are wonderful, Jesus. You're wonderful. I, I, I want to do, do something today. A little bit different. Um, are there people that are sick if, you, if you're sick and you want God to touch you in your body raise your hands if you want prayer I want you to come up here I, I want uh, brother Rick I want brother Brett Miche, I want they're friends of mine of absolute confidence and they walk in the power of God I want them to pray for y'all so y'all if you want God to touch you today I want you to come up here and let these people pray for you God is with them the gift of healings on their life. Y'all just begin to pray for folks, man. Y'all, y'all just grab hold of who you want. If you need healing in your body, come and let them pray for you. Be encouraged, have faith. I need y'all to understand as a family how, where we're standing right now. Most of y'all don't understand what's going on in this house and a lot of y'all don't understand that we're on the doorstep of glory you understand that we're standing on the threshold of glory the presence of god is, is swirling among us because we're beginning to worship him and beginning to prefer that we, we need to begin to recognize what is actually happening in our midst, midst so we can begin to respond properly more than we have before He is allowing us to enjoy His presence when we come in here. He's allowing us to feel His love. He's allowing us to feel the smile of His face. He's allowing it to rain down on us like rays of sunshine. And we need to understand this is precious, and it requires a a bigger response on our part. We need to allow the Holy Ghost to stir hunger up in our hearts. And we need to do something that we haven't done before we need to begin to seek him in new ways we need to begin to open ourselves up to him more and do something out of the normal to express our gratitude for what he's doing (coughs) we need to respond in a greater way there's churches all over this country that have never felt what we felt in worship here you understand that there's churches all over this city that are not feeling what we felt in here this morning. And it's not that we're better in doing it, Ryder, but it's a gift from God. It's a gift. And we need to begin to respond to that gift. We need to be gracious and, and full of gratitude. Man, I'm just, I'm thankful for all of y'all. Me and Rachel are so blessed to be a part of y'all. Be a part of Brother Peter and Miss Amanda and their family, and David White and Miss Brenda, and Jay and Miss D. It's a it's an honor, John and Becky and Selma. It's so exciting to walk with people who want to find Jesus, who want to see Him, and all it does is it makes me want to dig in deeper. It wants me I want to enjoy Jesus with y'all. I want to enjoy Jesus with y'all. Do you understand when, when we were singing that song, Brother Rick read me Isaiah 12 this morning at my mom and dad's house, and in Isaiah 12 in the Passion, it says, ask God for more. God commands us to ask him for more. You understand? That's pretty amazing. Why is he ask, telling us to ask him for more? Because he wants to give us more. He wants to give us more of himself, more of his love, more of his blessing, more of his presence. He actually wants to overflow your banks until you can't hold it. It's got to run off to everybody else around you. That is the desire of Father, to give you more. And he's telling you, ask me for more. Come on, believe I want to give you something you don't got. Believe that I've got an un- ending supply of goodness for you and your family come on y'all I love you Jesus I love you Jesus I love you Lord. come on Jesus Come on. Come on, Father. Overrunner. Touch your Jesus. Touch your Jesus. Touch your Jesus. Touch your Jesus. Jesus. Life and life more abundantly. Life and life more abundantly. Come on, Jesus. Have your way. Come on Jesus Come on God Flow life of God Come on
1: Jesus
4: Come on, Jesus Jesus. I pray for you today church, that God's love would overflow you. Family, I pray that God's love would overflow you today. That it would overflow you to everyone around you and those outside of the family that it would overflow you to them. I pray that you'd be strengthened in holiness in your hearts by the love of God. I pray that you'd remove your arms and, and and keep it from keeping him at arm's distance. You'd put your arms down and let him embrace you like he desires. I pray for the courage and the strength to trust his love towards you. Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Touch you, Jesus. Y'all be Blessed y'all be blessed come on Jesus come on Jesus
3: Check, 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 come on, check, 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 there it is. Come on, I just want to keep going, Rachel, we're going to finish up in worship. If you want to hang around, I just ask everybody to stand to your feet, let's just, we'll pray out, but man, we want to worship a little bit more, if you want to stay in worship, worship with us. Uh, if, you, if you need to leave, we understand that, if you want to give, you can give at the door. Um, We just thank everybody that gives, and we thank you for that. And we thank you that because of what you do, we can continue to minister and do what God wants us to do. Oh, Father, we love you, and we thank you, and we worship you today, Father. We surrender everything to you. Let the word that was spoken over this house today saturate us, Lord. Let it not be gone to waste. Let it not be thrown away, Father, but let it stick to us. Let let, let, Let it play out in our lives, Lord, and we surrender it all to you. We thank you for Papa Bo and Mama Rachel. We thank you, Lord, for who they are and what they do. And, Father, we worship you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. Use us, Father, and use us in this upcoming week. We just surrender this all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you all. Let's worship, and if you need to leave, you can leave. Come on.